Right now, though, we're going to have a chat with Todd Lowen, who is another UCP leadership candidate, also MLA for Central Peace Notley. Uh, Mr. Lowen, thank you so much for your time today. I appreciate you joining us. No, thank you. Happy to be here. Um, I'll start with the same question I started with um, Leela here. As someone who wants to take over leadership of what we know to be a very divided party, um, what's it look like? What's the vision that you have for the UCP if you're the one in charge and setting the course? Well, I think there's a lot of things Albertans are concerned about right now. And there's, uh, as I travel a province, there's uh, several issues that keep coming up. Uh, one is, uh, you know, fixing health care. There's a lot of people concerned about the, the cost of living and how inflation has uh, caused, you know, issues within families as far as making life affordable. Concerns about, uh, you know, autonomy between uh Alberta and Ottawa, and how our, you know how Ottawa has been affecting the lives of Albertans. Uh, fiscal responsibility is another uh, big issue that keeps coming up. So there's a lot of different things that keep coming up over and over as they mm-hmm. uh, crisscross the province. Let's talk about a couple of those, uh, specifically the Ottawa situation. We know that some of the people within this race have said that they'll bring in um, legislation that would mean Alberta no longer enforces federal laws that we don't like, uh, exerting sovereignty, those sorts of things. Where do you stand on Alberta's relationship with Ottawa? How far would you go down that road? I think what we've what we found so far is that we've we've tried nothing, and uh, now it, we're looking around like we're out of options. When really we haven't tried anything yet. We've done a lot of talking about standing up to Ottawa, but uh, have done absolutely nothing to uh, work towards standing up and and putting putting us in a stronger position with Ottawa. So I think we we have to start acting, and uh, instead of asking, and we need to, you know. Uh, you know, definitely take a stronger stance with Ottawa and start doing some of the things that we, we campaigned on, for instance, in the last election. Which would mean what? Give me some specifics. What what action should we be taking? I think we need to be we need to have our own pension plan. We need to look at having our own employment insurance. We need to start collecting our own provincial taxes for starters. And, uh, you know, just there's just a, a bunch of things that, again, that we've talked about in the past and we keep kicking the can down the road and and uh, and not doing anything and so, so far ottawa has been able to uh, I, I think mistreat us and and we've done nothing but send strongly worded letters back to, back to ottawa one of the challenges i think whoever takes over leadership of the ucp faces and it's hard to dispute is uh, try getting unity and getting people on board the reason we're here i want to know what you think um the Premier says he's no longer Premier or won't be soon because of anger over COVID decisions, um, which you publicly oppose. Um, do you agree with that? Or is it a result of what his critics cite, which is a lack of humility and an unwillingness to listen, which you also mentioned as being part of the problem? Where, where's the division lie and where did Kenny go wrong and what would you do differently? Okay, yeah, it, and I, I agree completely with the, the, the discussion on uh, uh, his listening skills as uh, being uh, a lot to be desired. We had lots of discussions in caucus where he would go the opposite way of the majority of caucus on numerous occasions, and uh, and that was probably his biggest downfall. Now, again, we, we look back to... Uh, to the 2019 election and it seemed like uh, it didn't take long maybe three four or five months before i started seeing the wheels falling off this bus where and at that time that was long before covid where people were starting to realize that he wasn't going to stand up to ottawa he wasn't going to do the things that he promised and uh, and that that, that created a, a lot of division right there but as far as doing something different, I mean, we, we need to, uh, as a government, we need to be listening to each other. We need to be listening to the people. We have MLAs elected from across the province that are, are there to represent their, uh, their constituents. 
And uh, when when they go to the legislature and they're not listened to there, I think that sends a very poor message back to the people that elected MLAs that uh, that they feel that they're not being listened to either. So I think there's a lot of uh, a lot of things that we can do to improve that that communication and and be able to work a lot more collaboratively. Uh, right now, we're seeing the double-edged sword that is Alberta, very apparent once again. Costs Albertans pay for everything soaring, but on the other hand, that's because gas prices are soaring, and that means great things for provincial revenues. Uh, We know a huge surplus is on the way. What do you do with that surplus, keeping in mind that Albertans are saying the province needs to do more to help them? Yes, and and we we need to do a lot of different things, but I think we need to focus on, right now we have $112 billion in debt. We're paying $2.7 billion of interest a year. We can't uh, ignore that that situation where we have a good percentage of the, the Alberta budget every year just goes to pay down uh, debt and uh, actually just pay interest on the debt. So we need to be focused on, on paying that down so we can start uh, using that money that we're paying for interest, using that for benefiting Albertans. Uh, that, that's, uh, that's probably the most important thing off the top. There's always lots of things to spend money on, there's no doubt, uh, but hardly ever does spending money solve problems. We, we do have to uh, make sure our government programs are funded enough so that they work and they're functional. There's a lot of efficiencies I think we can find as we as we go forward. But uh, but again, when we, we look at that amount of debt that we have and that interest that's just going to keep compiling, and as if interest rates rise, then, then that, that uh, amount of money that we pay annually, which is uh, more than... Uh, I think all but probably four or five government departments. Uh, that's that's a lot of money going down the drain. Ultimately, if you do take over leadership, like you said, you want to be listening, you want to have a collaborative approach, but you do have to ultimately make the decision. How do you manage what we know, or at least at this point, prior to the next election, um, differing views on a number of issues, COVID, for example, convoys, for example, people have differing opinions on those. Ultimately, how do you allow those voices to be heard, but you still need to be the one at the wheel and directing the way the party goes? You have to make the call in the end, don't you? Yeah, yeah. There's obviously decisions that have to be made in the end, but again, uh, working collaboratively and uh, listening, uh, we've seen uh, previous premiers like Ralph Klein, who who uh, made sure that he had a majority of caucus on side before he went in any direction, and maybe even uh, up to two thirds. I think that's something that's uh, that would be very beneficial is making sure that you have a majority caucus on side before you go ahead with anything. And again, we we there is going to be tough decisions to be made, and I and I I agree completely that uh, that in the end somebody's going to have to be making those decisions. But but uh, it's best that if. At, at minimum, everybody has their say, mm-hmm. but so that there's so they they feel like they've been listened to. But when they're when they're, when nobody's uh, nobody has that feeling, including Albertans, that they've been listened to, then it just makes it hard to uh, to, to satisfy Albertans with the direction of the government. You were tossed from caucus for dissenting and for having your voice heard and not agreeing. Would you handle things the same way, or would you allow for open dissent within your caucus? No, we we have to be able to allow for for open discussion like that. Uh, that that uh, that dissent that I had was was due to months and months and months of of, uh, of a premier not listening, and uh, and actually not listening to to the entire caucus. I was caucus chair. I chaired the meetings, so I got to see firsthand how how MLAs were treated in caucus meetings and how they were the the lack of uh, concern over the 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 things that they brought forward from their constituents. And uh, so, yes, definitely have to handle that differently. We have to be able to listen and take care of, uh, take care of things in a, in a more appropriate manner. Mr. Lowen, thank you so much for joining us. I appreciate your time today.